Welcome to What's Behind the Silence, the truth no one wants to talk about. Featuring Stacy Cutright and Stephanie Dimmel as your hosts. Well, good morning, Steph. Hey, how's it going? It is going good. It's going good. I, I'm I'm excited about the topic we're going to talk about today. Um, you know, not to jump right in, but um, and the reason that I'm excited is because I know that it's a message or a topic that needs to be discussed more um, because on my business page, I've had so many shares or so much engagement or comments and responses that, you know, it's data that tells me, hey, people are struggling with this. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's the question of it in not just in, in marriages or, or significant relationships, but in friendships and family members, should I stay or should I go? It's a good question to ask. I'll tell you that. You know, the one thing I, you know, I'm going to jump right in if I may. Yeah, go for it. You know, I, I don't think, especially in marriages, if you, if you have children, I don't think that we acknowledge what that toxicity does to our children long-term. And, you know, we often think staying in marriages or relationships, you know, it's better to stay than a broken home or, or what have you. However, from my perspective, there is, you know, a few ways to look at that in, in healthy ways. One, you're teaching your children what toxic relationships are and that not engaging in them is appropriate not feeling like you're stuck or have to stay or take the abuse whether it's verbal emotional physical sexual Mm -hmm. and you know what that does to our kids growing up is that they learn one that you know they have negative patterns within themselves you know, they withdraw, they have depression, they feel isolated, you know, they end up repeating what they've seen. They get into bad relationships. They have issues with boundaries. Um, also self-esteem, you know, how they feel about themselves, you know, their, their negative core beliefs. And, you know, you become stuck, you know, stuck in being able to make, you know, decisions for yourself. And so, you know, I think that it's, you know, important for us to really, you know, look at that, you know, um, it also creates, you know, fear of intimacy with other people into me, you see, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it increases aggression. You know, we talked about rage, you know, um, Again, I talked about, you know, not being able to identify with thyself and, you know, it increases the level of anxiety in our kiddos and tension and fear. And if they don't have the coping skills, you know, we enter into anxiety disorders, we enter into addiction, we enter into, you know, eating disorders. Um, And we also enter into psychological you know, we end up having mood disorders, you know, depression, you know, bipolar as well. 
you know, we think all this is just chemical. And yes, there is chemical to it. But oftentimes there is a root cause. And these are the effects that come out. And so, you know, I, I just want to address on this because, you know, I, I've been in toxic relationships and, um, you know, I, I've made no um, secret about it. I'm estranged from my family of origin. And it's because, you know, sometimes you have to get to the point of realizing that, you know what, if somebody's not willing to own their part or get help, and you identify that this is not okay, you're not going to win that war. You guys will always stay at, at battle. And um, so, you know, I know I'm rambling on, but this is a topic that, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of people and clients and friends in relationships, you know, whether their spouse is controlling um, whether they're emotionally abusive. And, you know, I, I have one friend that, you know, I, I, I look at and I, I feel so bad for her, you know, that she, she's not happy in the relationship. She's not treated the way that she is her, you know, there there's addiction issues on, on the, the spouse part. And, you know, it, the effects that it has had on the children, especially one of them. And, you know, what are they, what is it setting the children up to be willing to accept or feel is a normal relationship? And, um, you know, part of it is, is the, the feeling of fear, financial fear fear of being alone, and also I think self-confidence. You know, what else am I going to get that might be better? Mm -hmm. Or could I get worse? And um, so, you know, it, it's, I, I will tell you in, in, you know, having a spouse that did have addiction issues, you know, I spend a lot of time, should I stay or should I go? And it wasn't that he was abusive. He just wasn't emotionally available. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it led to, to loneliness. You know, I do see the effects, you know, with, with especially one of my kiddos that, you know, he really has a hard time being able to share his, his feelings and emotions with his significant other and actually kind of both of them. Mm -hmm. And so his way, you know, I, I see his dad in them a lot. So when there's conflict between the two, there's the flight. Don't want to address fear of the confrontation. And, you know, those are not healthy behaviors. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, proud of my husband. I'm proud of myself. You know, we have, you know, he is, he is, seven, over seven years sober. And um, that, you know, we have worked really hard, but it has taken a unified um, effort 
you know, it can't just be on one person wanting to change and wanting better. And, you know, I am grateful today to say, you know, one, I'm able to have a deeper love for my husband. And, you know, finding that where I don't have the fear that I had or being on edge of not, not being able to receive because he's always been there for me. He's, he's, you know, been supportive, um, you know, and with someone with abandonment issues, you know, I've always been, okay, when's he going to walk out? But, you know, today I was just saying to him yesterday, do you think that all relationships, and I know that that's a broad statement, or many relationships feel the way that we feel towards each other, you know, here almost 25 years later, you know, the love we really have and that it grows daily. And he said, you know, it's Stacy from my experience from a lot of friends that I know. No, <laughs> no. Half of them can't stand each other. You know, one of, one of my friends, one of my husband's friends just told him that he finally said to his wife, I'm not going to stop drinking because I can't live with you if I do. <laughs> and so, you know, again, that is the, you know, they've been stuck in that. Should I stay or should I go? If we don't think that if we have kiddos, you know, that they don't, they don't see that tension. They don't, they don't experience that anxiety, that fear of, is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Or maybe the feeling of, I just wish they would. You know, a lot of times you hear kids say, I don't know why they waited so long. So yeah. those are just some thoughts I have. Do you have any thoughts? You know, you did, you, you, you said a couple things there. You know, I, I think back to my childhood and, you know, just my earlier twenties and thirties. And I think about, you know, the situation where you, people like to think that the separation of our family was when I was, I came out and I was gay. But when I think back, you know, at the way the, the, the emotions were handled in my family. And here's the deal. Parents, these are learned behaviors, right? So parents do the best they can. So I'm not throwing my parents under the bus because we're all, we all have choices. But I remember all the arguing and all the fights growing up. There was rarely a, let's sit down and talk about this and let's figure out what's going on. It was an explosive blow up or I remember one time mom, my mom was five foot nothing trying to throw a chair at my father. So you can imagine this little bitty woman picking up this kitchen chair and trying to throw it at him. But that's the way I was raised. I was raised, you know, I was raised with a lot of fighting and I was part of that fighting. In fact, when I was 13, I became a main part of that, that fighting. But as I look at those learned behaviors and those that toxic relation. I really always thought my parents were in a toxic relationship. Now, they were married 50 years before my mom passed of cancer and they they loved each other tremendously. And my dad misses her terribly. However, they were just two people that didn't know how to express themselves in a healthy way, right? That's what it is. 
it's mm -hmm. right, wrong, or indifferent. They didn't know how to express themselves. So those learned behaviors were passed to us. Thank God I broke my own cycle halfway through my life, you know, because there were so many moments I want to take back because what I, how I would handle all that anger I would get inside me, I'd, I'd punch walls. I put holes in walls. I broke my hand three times, twice from hitting a wall. Um, I wrecked cars. I got a DUI. Like, because when my emotion got high, that, that toxic emotion inside me, I didn't know how to deliver it in a healthy way. And so I made such bad decisions. And so when we're stuck in these toxic relationships, the emotion never gets solved. So and, and most of the time, if you're in that toxic relationship, because I've been in them, you're thinking, why am I in this? Why haven't I left? Oh, I can't leave. If I leave, I don't know if I can stand on my own or it's not the right thing for the children or, you know, whatever the reason is that's going on in your head. However, if you don't ever choose to do anything about it, then you're going to live in the same toxic environment. And sometimes, Stacey, you know this, and most people know this, when you don't solve those emotions, you don't solve that anger, that anger continues to build. And then we have incidents like we talked about in our last podcast where, you know, the rage got out of control. So, yeah, I think, I think these learned behaviors, you have to break the cycle at some point. And I think staying together for the kids I think that's very admirable, but is it right? Is it healthy? And if you're in that toxic relationship and you love the person that you're with, then get professional help to try to figure out how to move through it because you can move through it. If you really want to move through it, you can, but sometimes it'll take professional help. Like sometimes we all need just some help. And if you never solve that toxicity it's going to eat you up. It's going to drive your life. It's going to drive your outcomes and you're going to live an unhappy life. And, and that's, that's a big thing. You know, do, do we want to just survive through life or do we want to be able to take control and say, damn it, I deserve to thrive. I deserve to feel joy. I deserve to have excitement. You know, and I think that too, you know, it's one of those things, you know, not every relationship that is toxic and, and there's toxicity. I don't care in, in all relationships because we all bring to the table different dynamics of, of how we grew up and, you know, trying to blend those together and that not all toxicity is created equally. And so, you know, some of those toxicities, whether it be in, you know, my situation with my spouse of not really being emotionally present, you know, yes, it did have effects. However, was it, was it worth, you know, it, there wasn't the physical, there wasn't the, the emotional abuse, there wasn't the put downs, there wasn't the screaming, the yelling, the you know, and I'm not trying to downplay what, what the effects it did have between us as me being an overfeeler and wanting to, you know, wanting to resolve, wanting to talk about. And then we have somebody that grew up in a, a family, we don't talk about anything. 
and um and not that my my family you know shared the you know if it was if it was dark or something that needed to be addressed you know or they had to take some accountability then it was swept under the rug um however what i saw in my see in my husband's family is it doesn't matter if it's, it was even medical or you know anything like that it it was they just didn't talk about it openly and um so you know i i i like this this topic a lot because i'm going to be very honest i was married before and um you know thinking i was doing the right thing you know i ended up getting pregnant before i got married and you know i was 20 years old and, you know, feeling that, that stuck or that judgment of, you know, oh my gosh, being a single parent, one, how am I going to do it? Da, 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 da. And, um, you know, I remember getting married and standing on, on, you know, on Mackin Island's beach and thinking when I was saying I do, in my head, I was saying I don't. And, you know, he was a you know, we were great as friends, you know, we could have fun. But as far as being in a relationship with one another, we came from way different backgrounds. I am very independent. I'm a very independent woman. And he came from a very controlling father, where the mother had to be very submissive. Well, I'm not a submissive person. <laughs> at all okay i'm very opinionated in my in my feelings because it, a lot of times it, you know it's not a lot of times mostly growing up i was not able to express them or they were deemed wrong so now i'm like in this overdrive of no i'm gonna own my feelings no one's gonna take them away so you know, I'm, I'm trying to get into a balance of of, of that and you know it comes with awareness but I remember a, a situation that, you know, my, my ex-father-in-law, my, my ex-husband and I had gone to dinner and his, you know, mom was this amazing chef, an amazing baker, and she was a housewife and the sweetest lady, okay, the sweetest lady. And she had just sat down and she was one of these that doted, like kind of make everything perfect. And she was always last, okay. And that bothered me, okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my father-in-law had waited for her to sit down and they said, it would be nice if I had something to drink. Mm. Well, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> and so I said, well, dad, I didn't know your legs got broke at work today. And my ex-husband stomped on my foot so hard. I, under the table, I thought it, it he broke it. It hurt so bad. And, you know, I was, I, I've always been a protector of the underdog. I've always been an advocate. I've always been, um, you know, someone to stick up because I didn't feel like I had that, that support. And, um, you know, I just, I just bring up, you know, um, not that, that my ex-husband's a bad guy at all. Um, I have a lot of respect for him. Um, however, we just, my personality, we can, we could be very great friends, 
but my as far as working together as as a a unit um it wouldn't have worked you know and he's happily married now and I'm happily married and you know um it you know I don't have any regrets because it it taught me a lot and However, there, there was a point that, you know, I said, oh, should I stay or should I go? I don't want to be a failure. You know, I'm young. I don't want to be divorced already. Who's going to want me with a kid and divorced at my age? I don't want to be alone the rest of my life. You know, so all these feelings, is it, is it better just to stay? And, you know, the fact was, is it wasn't. And, you know, what, what my son gained out of it Chip gained another dad. My husband loves him like he he you know he was birthed to him, mm-hmm. and he gained a bonus mom that loves him. And so you know he's gained a lot. So just even because we may choose to say it's time to go, doesn't mean that it's not going to have benefits. Yeah, and if you don't take care of the toxicity in the relationship, you know, if one person's willing to get the help and the other one's not, well, then that becomes a choice. And that choice, you know, you gave a lot of reasons why you would stay, you know, because you don't want to be that failure. You don't want to be frowned upon. You don't want to be judged. But at the end of the day, Is that the best decision? Because I know that you can move through the toxicity. I know you can because I've done it. You know, Chris and I have the most beautiful relationship I've ever experienced with another person. And it wasn't all the better roses at first. You talk about toxicity, man, we didn't know how to communicate. We didn't know how to solve our feelings. We both brought animosity from our feelings from our families and then trying to communicate together. And when we get upset, well, I reverted back to, you know, what I learned and she reverted back to what she learned. So it's like, you try to mesh that together and it just doesn't work. Sometimes you just got to set those hard boundaries. And if you really love each other, you'll work to grow together. And that that's where I think the confusion comes is people stay in these relationships But what they don't understand is they're choosing not to grow. And I, I was used to tell the managers at FedEx, if you aren't willing to learn and keep learning, you're going to become a dinosaur. Well, in a relationship, what's going to happen is you're just going to continue to beat yourself up and you're going to beat yourself up more and more and more because you're not taking care of yourself and you're not taking charge of your life. And you're allowing that person to have so much control over you that you feel that your life isn't worth changing. And I'm here to say the change is the most beautiful process. Is it tough? Yeah, it's tough, but so is life. Good, bad, and ugly. It's, it's all, it all comes with a price. And when you can have someone help you work through what you're trying to say, because a lot of times when you get angry, it just all comes out wrong. Well, learning how to communicate, when to communicate, 
how to phrase things, how to not point fingers, how to take responsibility and you're part of the relationship, like all that, that that's a work in progress. That that's a growth to me. And I think that growth is so important, especially if you've been stuck for so long in something that makes you feel absolutely miserable. It's really pledging to yourself to do the work. And if the other person doesn't want to do the work, like I said earlier, you have a choice. You have a choice to live in that toxic environment or find you a life that doesn't have any toxicity at all. And I tell you, if you can get to that point, it's tremendous. But the most important thing is forgiveness and healing, forgiveness for yourself, forgiveness to the other person, not allowing them to sit in your mind and control your mind anymore. You know, they always say live rent free. Well, there's so many people that don't make a change in their life and they let those people just live there in their, their head and take up space and negative space, not even positive space. So I, I love this talk, this topic too, Stacy, because, you know, it hits home. However, there is a choice in all of this. And I think that's what we want to get across today is, you know, make a choice for yourself because you can only be loved and love others if you can love yourself and be proud of yourself. And, and once you can be proud of yourself and love yourself, that opens so many other doors to the relationships around you. That's just what I, I, I agree. Can I add a couple points yeah, that I was ahead. thinking when you, when you were talking you know, when you talk about choice, um, you know, one, there's a lot of power that comes with with agreeing or allowing yourself to make choices or feel that you deserve to make the choices. Um, oftentimes you will hear, you know, it's their problem or they do this, they do that. Well, I'm going to be very candid. You know what? When we have that dialogue, we are part of the problem. We're cho choosing to co-sign on it mm. and we're choosing to engage and being part of the problem. So we can't look at our spouse or a family member and say, you know, they're doing this. No, we're choosing to partake. Right. And the other thing is, is, you know, I, I want to do a topic on this in the future because I think it's so important and, and we did a class on it at the ranch and it's called the act of fair fighting. You know, we think when we hear the word fighting that it's bad. No, we're all going to have a conflict. But there is a healthy way to fair fighting. And how many, you know, when you're when you're in conflict with somebody, you know, I I'd encourage you to think, are you saying you you did this or you made me feel this way? Or are you coming from the I statement? Because you is a judgment. You is a criticism. And you are going to get somebody on the defense. Yeah. But if you come from the ownership of I, when this happens, I feel this way. You know, this is what I need you know, you're going to de-escalate again, a lot of that anger that you're, you know, when you project the you statement, you're going to really not, it's not going to end up pretty. It's not. 
people don't receive it well and they're not even thinking about minute you say you they're not thinking about what you're saying what they're thinking about is how they're going to respond absolutely and the other one that i was thinking about is expectations are we placing higher expectations to the people we're engaging in than the expectations that we're willing to deliver so are we having this misconception of they should react in this way and offer me if we're not matching up? And I, I think that's something that we don't talk about. You know, it's kind of like, this is what I need, but I'm not willing to, to, to provide it either. So, you know, drawing the line in the sand, setting the boundaries, you know, really do some soul searching. You know, uh, offer your loved ones, hey, can we get some professional help? Whether it whether it's a counselor, whether it's a, a life coach, you know, someone that that specializes like like Steph and I in relationships and or a pastor. Um, those are just some some solutions. Um, however, if you don't have two agreeing par parties that say, yeah. You matter enough to get some help, get some assistance. You're going to end up with the same thing you've got. You're right. And I want to add to that topic. I think the ultimate level of respect in dealing with loved ones. And as hard as that is, it's so important because I tell you, I watch families where the father cuts down the mother and then the older son cuts down the mother because it's a learned behavior. And if yep. you have, if you have a level of respect, that is a boundary implemented into your family. I tell you, there's never any cussing at each other. There's no derogatory terms. There's no demeaning each other. There's no condescending remarks. So that's important. So I, I'd like to talk about this next week on our next podcast, not next week, but our next podcast, if, if you want to do that. I would, I would. I think it's something that we need to, Really, and that what you know, this gives me some time to to really brainstorm and you know put together what what I would like to to talk about or or in situations and in, in relationships that I've had, um, you know. So I, I I thank you for this topic. I I didn't you know guys we don't we don't write out a script, we don't uh, follow some anything. What it is is off the cuff. So if there might be some stuttering or you know some ah 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 type things, you know this is just this is just stuff and I being real. This is just uh, you know our sharing our perspective or our life stories or our feelings, and um, you know so I, I always say, you know embrace being perfectly imperfect. So. Everybody can't wait for you to tune in next time. You know, remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow myself, Stacy, at underscore you thrive coaching. And at Steph, you can uh, follow her at Stephanie D Coaching. Remember to smile and be kind. And do better, be better, and treat people better. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's Behind the Silence, the truth no one wants to talk about with Stacey Cutright and Stephanie Dimmel.